Well, it's interesting. <laughs> no. so it's interesting. Somebody at pain.tv slash gold the other day said to me, they said, you know, the, the, the Nazis and these soldiers had to use amphetamines, you know, to stay sharp so they could battle for seven days in a row. And now most Americans need them just to get through their day. Got to have a little bump for a vacuum the carpet. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you're right about that. But see, you know, a, a couple things, and we could talk about uh, the psychedelics, but one of the, the articles I was reading and then the point I was making the other day was that, yes, yeah, psychedelics have been around, let's say, for at least 7,000 years in various cultures. But what people don't understand is that in the last... So, so when I've been talking about this, or I post an article that the government, the FDA, just announced that um, Adderall, there's an Adderall shortage, and that there's going to be these alternative therapies of which one of them they're going to push is ketamine, which they're testing on children now. But what I, And people go, good, it's good to get people off Adderall. I'm like, yeah, it is. I don't think they should have been on anything, most of these people. I think a lot are actually misdiagnosed because they're setting them up to actually turn them crazy by putting them on these drugs. But then when you take a government-created, government-regulated, lab-grown GMO ketamine and force somebody onto that, that's not good either. So in the last 7,000 years, although there's been peyote and natural psychedelics, what you're seeing today is the government over the last 100 years basically made all this stuff illegal. This is around most of the world uh, at least in western society that is when the government takes control of these things they consolidate it they monopolize it and then they start handing out the licenses to the licensed criminals like mike would say to then go start to distribute this new government psychedelic the stuff that i believe grew out of the testing done in mk ultra that are going to be used for you know, mind control, mind altering drugs, because they're coupling this stuff, even in the Veterans Administration and hospitals and universities with the virtual reality headsets, with putting people into these metaverses. And then you see the orchestrated rise of mental illness over the last 20 years since the internet came out, since social media, all these things that cause uh, basically narcissism. And then you couple that with the last two years of COVID land, the high school theater production, now people losing jobs due to robots and artificial intelligence. Of course, there's more people that are depressed. Inflation is through the roof and people are losing their jobs. So they're orchestrating this rise in mental illness. And then the old government candy man is ready to say, hey, psychedelic have been around for 7,000 years. Come and take some of ours. Well, that's not the same stuff that was around 7,000 years ago. Oh, well, uh, I was reading an article. Uh, it was a post on a, uh, it's a website. I think it's called Healing, healingmaps.com, and it's on the history of MDA, uh, which is not exactly the same drug as MDMA, but... Uh, they were being worked on in and around the same time. And MDA was, uh, you know, uh, a, a psychedelic amphetamine, basically, that uh, that was very popular in the late 60s and early 70s. But this, this fellow wrote this article about the history of MDA. And at the end of the article, there's a little block and there's a picture of this guy. And it says, you know, the post was medically approved uh, by a Dr. Ben Medrano, and he's a board-certified uh, psychiatrist. Um, and one of the things that he does 
Uh, he is the vice senior vice president and medical director of uh, an organization called Field Trip Health. It says it's the largest in-office ketamine-assisted therapy practice to date. And he's a real pioneer in the use of psychedelic uh, therapies uh, for people. And uh, that, uh, you know, this is a, a big thing. But I was kind of surprised when I saw that, you know, that now people who are writing articles on the history of psychedelics and they're being medically approved by doctors who are now using them to treat all kinds of medical problems. And when I, uh, I took a year off from my job, it just so happened a friend of mine was a physician who was opening a practice in my hometown. And the company for which I worked was part of his family. And so they let me have a year off to go to work for him to help him get his practice established. Not that I'm any kind of medical expert. I was just kind of the guy who moved stuff around in the office while he did the doctoring. But one of the things that I had to do was when new patients would come in, I would work them up. In other words, I would, you know, find out their medical history and put it in the chart. And I would also go through their medications. People would bring in big, you know, big uh, freezer bags <laughs> yeah. full of bottled pills. And I had to go through them all. And I mean, you know, um, this being a rural community, people don't live necessarily the healthiest of lifestyles. A lot of people smoked. A lot of people ate pork at every meal you know, and all this kind of stuff. So they had all kinds of medicines for diabetes and for heart problems and, and, and all these things. But almost every single person, I mean, 90% of the people who I worked up uh, were taking some kind of drug for some kind of, you know, mental problem, whether it be anxiety or depression. And I don't mean you know, I mean, when you say people have mental problems, you tend to think complete insanity. But people who have, you know, disorders of one kind or another, and they're taking, you know, anti-anxiety, anti-depression, anti-psychotics, whatever, everybody was on something. Now, the interesting thing is, is this was a mill town. People either farmed and grew tobacco or they worked in textile mills or furniture plants or other industry and around these parts. And this was around the time that our government so widely, wisely chose to let all our industry go to other countries. So you had entire communities where just everybody was out of work all of a sudden. And many people couldn't get the NAFTA grants to go back to school because they dropped out of high school, you know, and have been working for this plant for 40 years. And to go back to, to get a government grant, to go back to school and get retrained, uh, you, you couldn't use that money to get your GED, which you had to have before you could start a college-level class at a community college. So many of these people were just screwed. They were just out. You know, they, they lost their jobs, and there was nothing for them to do. And so they started to get depressed, and they started having anxiety and panic attacks and stuff. And it was just amazing to me. Almost 90% of the people, like I said, that came in were on some kind of mind-altering drug. And that was, that was really scary. That was really scary because I thought, if this is happening in my town, uh, and, you know, just as an aside, my town is the town Andy Griffith was born and raised in. It was the model for, for Mayberry on TV. Wow. And if this is happening in Mayberry, what's, what's happening elsewhere? Um, it was really eye-opening and uh, scary that uh, so many people were in such bad shape psychologically. Uh, 
and through no fault of their own. Uh, you know, they just got out and went to work every day for, for 40, 50 years, and then the rug got pulled out from under them. And they, uh, you know, go to the doctor and say, hey, I'm not feeling so great. I'm kind of sad. And, well, here, I've got a drug for you. <laughs> you feel a little anxious, too? Okay, I'll give you this one also. And people were on these, these drugs that were being pushed like crazy. And, you know, we talk about the opioid epidemic where everybody, you know, my shoulder hurts, so I get Oxycontin. Well, everybody who was going to the doctor and saying they felt a little down because, you know, they lost their job and they have no money and they can't make their payments, you know, so they're they're giving them all these, you know, tranquilizers and, and those kind of drugs. And nobody ever talks about that. And some of those things are just as addictive as opium and harder to oh, get yeah. off of. I mean, if you're addicted to barbiturates, you have to have a medical detox. You can get off of opioids on your own if you're willing to go through the stuff cold turkey. But with some of these drugs, you can't go cold turkey or it'll kill you. And it's just, it's just, you know, it was, it was really mind blowing to me to see that. And that uh, I think, you know, they're getting people ready. They got people ready already. Take medicines. Take medicines. Take medicine. You got medicines for everything. I got a hangnail. There's a pill for that. You know. Uh, no, that's, that's, I brush my teeth. I got a pill for that. You know, <laughs> stub my no, toe no, when I get no, out of that, in the middle of the night. And that's great because I mean, what you just showed was this small microcosm of what we're seeing go on today. I mean, I spent the last three episodes kind of stuck in covering the uh, sort of this orchestrated rise in mental illness because now they're saying it's like over 50% of Americans are diagnosed with some form of mental illness. And again, this is everything from ADHD to anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, and then getting into schizophrenia and some of the heavier stuff. But when you've created this environment, like you said, in that town, when people started to lose their jobs because we began outsourcing all those jobs to other countries now you're having this movement where uh, they just announced i think they're rolling out like 150,000 new ai robots that are going to replace people at work you have a nation cheering on elon musk that he has a twenty thousand dollar robot that's going to be able to replace people well what do you think is going to happen to people they're going to become depressed and they're going to end up either self-medicating at home through street drugs or alcohol or some quack doctor is going to put them on some drug or the next step, I mean, I could see it coming. I have this uh, Dr. Ben Madrano up on the screen, the guy that you just mentioned. Uh, the other day, I reviewed a website called mindbloom.com where I could go right on there, do a Zoom meeting with a doctor, and in 10 minutes, I could be doing ketamine treatments at home on my couch. And so the dangers of all this and where I see it going is that th there's obviously a push. There, there's a conference I reviewed um, as well on this show called it's uh, at a website, microdose.buzz in Miami at the beginning of November. There's over 250 speakers at this conference called Wonderland. They have people like Mike Tyson behind pushing this, Peter Thiel's involved, a number of these other guys, and I keep trying to tell people, listen, do I want to see you stuck on Adderall and all this? No. But do I think the solution is to take Peter Thiel's cooked-up, lab-grown, government-circulated psychedelic with a VR headset strapped over your head? Hell no. I mean, you're, you're going crazy and you're depressed 
because we live in a situation where these guys have orchestrated a collapse of humanity by ushering in this fourth industrial revolution prison planet matrix and now they're going to force you into the metaverse via these government psychedelics and virtual reality headsets soon to be a brain implant chip i mean it all makes perfect sense to me where they're going with this stuff well, you know, and, and like I said, I, I remember back from my old uh, abnormal psych class in uh, college that uh, the definition of abnormal uh, in the psychedelic, I mean, not psychedelic, in the psych, psychiatric world, the definition of abnormal is one who deviates from the norm. So you've got the hive mind uh, going along with this. And somebody goes like, "Well, no, I don't. I don't like that. I don't want to do what you're telling me to do. I don't. I don't want to do this." Um, and they go, "Well, then you've got a mental problem. <laughs> um, you don't go. You don't go along with what we want to do. You're, you you got to be crazy because we're doing all this good stuff. And how could you not want to go along with it? You must have a mental problem. So, hey, we have a pill for that, or a shot for that, or a hospital yes. for that. I and did. I, it, I, it's I just went up. All of a sudden." I, I was going to say, I just broke that down on the show using ADHD as an example. So I'm 41. When I was a kid, ADHD did not exist. All right. There was maybe one kid I had in school, a small town of 14,000 people, but one kid, friend of mine, had been diagnosed with ADD, right? So now when you go read the uh, American Psychiatric Institute's definition of ADHD, it's basically anyone who doesn't want to conform to what the norm is so they say if you are hyper focused on something dana you have adhd well if you can't focus dana you have adhd and what happens to people with adhd well they don't conform to the norm and therefore they're never going to be able to buy a house and they're never going to be able to be happy so the solution is we're going to give you adderall well the fda just announced adderall is facing all these uh there's going to be an adderall shortage coming in the next couple weeks but they already have it ready to roll out that they're going to load people up with ketamine so everyone who did not conform to the norm they're going to try to push them into being loaded up with ketamine and strapping on a vr headset i mean it's insanity but you're right you just said anyone who falls outside of conforming with the norm is going to be labeled as mentally ill well, when I was a when I was young and in school, you know, they didn't have ADD or ADHD or any of those things back then. Uh, you had the class clown, <laughs> the guy, who, you know, who would throw spit wads and 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 he'd have to stay after school and dust erasers and stuff like this. They actually had real chalkboards in those days, but you know, it, it just and, and many many of those people grew up these the class clown, the guy who was always in trouble, but not serious trouble, uh, just acting up and and having a good time. Uh, you know, they grew up to live normal lives and marry and have children and hold down jobs and be productive members of society. Uh, they were just, you know, rambunctious kids. They weren't, you know, but now, now they've got a diagnosis and a disease and, and, a and a treatment. They, they, and they take care of that. You know, I, um, was, you know, the, some of the, the things that you were talking about with, with Peter Thiel on, on your podcast, I was reading uh, an article about um, a particular researcher who is doing research with psychedelic drugs, uh, all kinds of psychedelic drugs, and they're actually creating compounds 
that are similar to the classic psychedelic drugs like psilocybin or LSD or mescaline or MDMA, and but they're they're tweaking them. They're they're trying to get them more user friendly. So uh, instead of having a massive twelve hour completely hallucinogenic acid trip, they can give you micro doses of some of these things and make you more normal, make you feel better, make your pain go away, make your um, you know, get you over your depression or, or, or whatever, so that the the use of psychedelics will become much more frequently used uh, in smaller doses because, you know, this is the way they're going to do things. But uh, this one place where this guy who they're writing about, this guy, his name was uh, Jason Wallach, and he's doing quite a bit of research on uh, these psychedelic drugs works for a company called Compass, uh, C-O-M-P-A-S-S, Compass Pathways. And it started off as a not-for-profit corporation, but after they started getting into some of the psychedelic stuff, it went public. And one of their biggest contributors is Peter Thiel. Yes. You know, so he is getting involved more and more in the pharmaceutical psychedelic industry and this seems to be like what, what they're trying to do is they're trying to come up with a kinder, gentler psychedelic, something that, you know, your, your world's not going to fall apart on you. Uh, you know, you're not going to you see the highway won't turn into a snake and you're on your car off the road. Uh, but manageable psychedelic trips um, that uh, supposedly will make your life better, you know, get rid of your depression, make your back quit hurting, uh, help you in your your. Uh, marital relationships, just uh, uh, business is no normal. It'll make life normal. Tripping will be normal, but it'll be managed and it will be, you know, like I said, it won't be full blown, you know, acid trip, but it will be something that, uh, you know, you get everybody on. And if, if everybody <laughs> is on it, uh, who, who knows where you can go with that? I mean, one of the things I learned from, you know, my days in the counterculture was, you know, I, I was very fortunate that uh, my experiences were all positive and, and those of a lot of my friends were all positive. And now we, we kind of laugh about it when we get together and talk about back in the day. But at the same time, there were a lot of really unstable people who turned to drugs and just flat out ruined their lives. You know, they died. They went to prison. They went crazy. Uh, they're, you know, mental cripples today. And, I'm, and I don't mean that in an unkind way. But, uh, you know, they, they took the wrong drugs or they took too many of the right drugs. I don't know. And they weren't really mentally equipped to handle what was going to happen. And, uh, and, and they're permanently shot. They're, they're, they're of no use to, well, I guess they're used to, you know, people like Peter Thiel, they can experiment on them. You know, if Gottlieb was around, they'd be the guys they'd be experimenting on. But it's a, it's a shame because, you know, these people, uh, have really handicapped themselves through the use of drugs. And, um, you know, it's, it's, they're not for everybody, I guess, you know, and, and I think you have to not, not that we are any kind of superior people because we didn't have bad experiences, but they're just some people that just absolutely should not, uh, be taking any kind of, of mind altering drug. And when you're looking at starting an industry to give everybody mind altering drugs, I think you're really setting you're setting up for something very dangerous to happen in society.
Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, look, Dana, there's people that could drink three or four beers, uh, you know, every night their whole life and they're fine. And there's people that drink three beers and they want to, you know, go smash other people's faces. In. You know, I mean, it's just the way your body yeah. processes these chemicals. But yeah, I pulled up that article. Uh, I'm not sure if I had reviewed that particular investment, but I brought Theo into the conversation. Now, Theo getting involved with Compass Pathways, you know, to me, it's when I know this guy back singularity, the concept of the merger of man and machine, he's literally on record saying that the uh, singularity would either bring a boom in investments or a boom that would destroy the world. And then he moves forward forward with helping bring singularity to fruition that's the stuff that scares me now if cheech and chong were running compass pathways i might i would say okay this can be interesting but with people like peter thiel and now um there's some stuff that uh, other of these technocrats are getting involved with again i know they don't love me nor do they necessarily want to cure um you know, mental illness or whatever else. It's just to me, and, and again, they're coupling this stuff with virtual reality and entering into this metaverse, which is the beginning stages of where they want to put us all in a 400 square foot uh, pod apartment where you're strapped into a VR headset living in a metaverse. I mean, this is literally what like World Economic Forum wants for the future. Maybe not me and you. I'm 41. I, I could probably navigate this stuff for the rest of my life. You could definitely do it. But when you look at, say, my kid, this is these are the kind of people they want to trap inside of this world, whatever it's going to be. And I just want to bring this up because it's a point as we're talking about this different technology and the nefarious purposes for it. I'm just going to go back to the... Uh, the uh, ape thing that you were talking about, the uh, almost human rise of the apes and the super soldiers, because I've done a lot of work on the current super soldier programs run out of the army. I bring up this point to the audience. Let's just say that the army... In, in its current state here, the Army wants to develop a super soldier. They want to build a real-life Wolverine, right? Uh, genetically modify him and then strap him up into one of these exoskeleton Iron Man suits so that he could go battle. And you say, okay, let's say that's what it was going to be, and then you could have ethical discussions on whether or not some Navy SEAL guy should be genetically modified. I bring up the point to the audience all the time. Where is this supposed war we're having out in, what, another desert? We're going to have another 20-year Afghanistan-Iraq war. Are we doing this up in the mountains, you know, on the border of Russia? Like, there's going to be wolverines and Incredible Hulks running around, battling to see who has the craziest genetically modified robot soldier. No, we know that's not going to happen so if you take the case let's say russia ukraine and we're supposed to believe that vladimir putin is so evil and if he was gone because this is what they'll always tell you if he was gone russia would be a wonderful uh liberal democracy like the united states with all the technology that we know we have we're supposed to believe we have or we could develop instead of building real life incredible hulks through genetic modification and iron man exoskeleton suits why don't we just have a laser that shoots out of the sky from one of elon Musk's satellites and kills vladimir putin and then we could just announce over our satellite loudspeaker, okay, Russia, you are free. Where is this actual battle of cyborg super soldier half ape men going to take place? <laughs> like, where is this occurring? That's a great question. And, and, and like I said, from that article I read on the Vietnam technology, we are not above starting a war just to test out our technology. 
and it doesn't matter who gets killed and, uh, and who doesn't. And, you know, and probably if we have uh, any boots on the ground in the Ukraine region anywhere, I mean, we're doing it, you know, Russia's doing it. And, and so, uh, you know, what better place? You got a war already started now. So let, let's go, let's go try these things out. There's a really good, if you like uh, Halloween's coming up and if you want a good spooky movie to watch sometime, Came out in the early 2000s. It's a British movie uh, called Dog Soldiers. And it has to do with a group of uh, British soldiers who are on um, war game maneuvers in Scotland. And, you know, everything goes south. But uh, the premise is, you know, there are werewolves. These, these super werewolves are out there. And these guys don't know about it. And they're actually, they have been created by the military as to be part of their super soldier thing. And they've gotten loose and gotten away. But, you know, you're dealing with these, you know, nine foot tall super werewolves. Uh, and I just think and, and it's interesting that, you know, that at least, you know, people in the arts even were thinking about this stuff back then, that it could happen and technology could go that way. And I think people expect, you know, DARPA to be the norm Rather than, you know, if we, if we knew some of the stuff they were doing, it would it, we would probably just have an insurrection. We'll never find out what all they know. And, you know, just like Gottlieb burned all his records, you know, uh, when they were getting ready to end MK Ultra. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you love to, you know, have a copy of those things to, to peruse and see what was going on? Well, so, well, I mean, see, it, well, 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 you know. Well, that's why I wonder sometimes, is this about building – cyborg soldiers are using the you know disfigured military veterans who i have you know podcasts i reviewed on the show of army doctors who have written the cyborg soldier paperwork and they go on these open podcasts nobody hides anything anybody i mean yes there's stuff behind the scenes we don't know about i mean i have video evidence now uh and you know people in the military talking about the um Neuralink brain chip stuff that Musk is doing that he unveiled like last year that we were doing all the way back in 2003 inside the military. It's literally the same thing. They just use Musk to normalize it. He goes out there and plays the real life Tony Stark, you know, the Iron Man. But how do we know they aren't going to modify all of us? Because to me, if we were just going to have a contest between, you know, whatever the boogeyman of the day is, Russia, China, United States, of who has the coolest, like, Wolverine or Wolfman or Incredible Hulk or the coolest killer AI robots, we could just do, like, an Olympics there where they send them all up to Antarctica and then they could battle it out and whichever robot is left standing in Antarctica gets to, like, control of the oil pipeline for three weeks or something. I mean, to me, it's like you're building all this crazy stuff for what like what is this war when half the time these guys just play boogeymen to each other's respective countries it's getting harder and harder to believe that there's actual enemies yeah they're vying for power but at the end of the day we're in cooperation with china we're in cooperation with russia on a number of projects 